everyone, it's Leslyn Keith here again with another Research Update Flash Briefing. I'm the Director of Research and President of the Board for the Lipedema Project. I like to keep you abreast of the latest research of relevance to lipedema with these flash briefings. The paper that I want to talk to you about today is called Ketogenic Diet, a Nutritional Therapeutic Tool for Lipedema. This is a review paper that was written by a group of researchers from Naples and Rome, Italy. It was published in the peer-reviewed journal Current Obesity Reports in November 2023. So the aim of this paper was to summarize the current evidence in the efficacy and safety of very low-calorie ketogenic diets as a potential treatment for lipedema, especially in the context of obesity. So the methods where the authors performed a literature review of the characteristics of lipedema, the possible pathophysiology of lipedema fat, and the mechanisms of action of ketogenic diets and how these properties can impact lipedema. So in this paper, they extensively reviewed two papers that were published in 2021. The first was the Norwegian Lipo Diet Study. It was a pilot study with nine participants. And the other paper they extensively reviewed was a case study report by Kanataro et al. that detailed the experience of one woman with lipedema over 22 months of using a ketogenic diet. So they did briefly mention a 2022 study out of Poland that compared two groups of patients with lipedema, that they were using either a ketogenic diet or a low-carbohydrate diet. And they also chose not to include in this review several other papers that were also published in 2021. There was a study out of Russia that compared a ketogenic diet with a low-calorie, high-carb diet on patients with lipedema. There was a paper out of Brazil that was a report of five case studies So I'm not sure why they did not include these in the review, because they were papers that were also out during the time period that they were doing their literature review. So what are the things that they then uh, reported out in this paper? Well, one was that they suggested that there might be certain measurements, outcome measures to use in future lipedema studies that are looking at nutrition. And one that they talked about was the idea of using BMI versus a waist-to-hip ratio. And the authors agree with others who have already said that BMI is not as useful in the lipedema population because it says nothing about where in the body the fat is located, whereas a waist-to-hip ratio gives more information and probably should be used along with BMI in all future studies. And this would be even if it wasn't a nutritional study. They also talked about body composition versus a circumferential measure of the limbs. And again, the author suggests that more information can be elucidated from participants in a study if data is collected on both body composition and their circumferential measures. So we need to know how large the body areas are in relation to each other, but We also need to know what the tissues are composed of in those areas. So they really urge using both of those measures. 
And then other parameters that they suggested to be monitored in future studies, particularly those that are looking at nutrition, is of course weight. And what is the weight change in response to the nutritional intervention? And they also suggested to collect info on blood work, on labs. So they listed a whole bunch, you know, like just CBC, electrolytes, kidney and liver function, glucose, insulin, lipid panel. So all the things that you would suggest. They also suggested doing complete urine analysis and microalbuminuria, so meaning protein in the urine. So really suggested doing a more broad spectrum of data collection when doing especially dietary interventions. Then the authors had a section in the paper where they were talking about, okay, so what would be in general the suggested treatments that should be used with lipedema patients? And the authors are really in favor of exploring the provision of both surgical and non-invasive conservative therapies for patients with lipedema, really depending on the individual's needs. The authors believe a conservative non-invasive approach should include two key aspects of management. One is psychosocial support, and they define psychosocial support as, quote, psychotherapy, dietary counseling, and self-management education. I thought that was really interesting. So the one arm, they feel like you really should have that psychosocial support. And the second arm should be complete decongestive therapy. And this includes manual lymph drainage, compression therapy, exercise, and weight reduction. So I thought that was interesting that they recommended that. Then they had a part in the paper where they were looking at the triad of obesity, lipedema, and inflammation. And the downward spiral that can ensue because of this triad was discussed. And they talked about the, quote, bidirectional relationship between obesity and lipedema, pretty much how inflammation is a factor in both conditions and obesity can make lipedema worse and lipedema can make the obesity worse. So this is the process as the authors see it. Both lipedema and obesity can contribute to triggering and or exacerbating fibrosis in the tissue and thus the development of a chronic low-grade inflammation. Inflammation in turn has been shown to contribute to vascular and lymphatic impairment as well as insulin resistance and the development of metabolic disorders. So this cascade of events can then contribute to further accumulation of fat tissue, perpetuate the downward cycle of obesity, lipedema, and inflammation. So that's what they see as the process, the pathological process that's happening with most patients with lipedema. So now let's look at diet specifically with the intention of this review. The authors believe that the main ketogenic diet therapies for treatment of obesity utilize both nutritional ketosis, meaning getting you in a place where you're producing ketones, and calorie reduction or calorie restriction. Because inflammation is a factor, the authors suggest that a very low calorie ketogenic diet may be the best diet when both lipedema and obesity are present. There is, in my opinion, substantial evidence to suggest that a ketogenic diet is not calorie restricted, 
So keto that does not say you have to stay low calorie is very successful in managing obesity. And the current published ketogenic diet for lipedema studies, several of which I previously stated were not reviewed in this paper, there is no evidence to suggest that calorie restriction is needed along with using carbohydrate restriction, which is what then be ketogenic, low carbohydrate or keto. But even so, the authors recommend a severe calorie restriction of only 600 to 800 calories a day for as long as eight to 12 weeks. This is very, very low calorie. And after this period, they promote a gradual increase in carbohydrate content and calories until about 1300 calories per day is reached. In this period, they suggest that you're gonna add back legumes or beans and whole wheat, which I believe may not only be adding starch to the diet, but may possibly also increase inflammation. And the last phase is suggested to use a low carbohydrate Mediterranean diet, which is a diet that is poorly defined, but in any case, they're suggesting a low carbohydrate Mediterranean diet that uses 1,500 to 1,700 calories. They believe that this progression of adding more calories and adding more carbs is necessary to make dietary change sustainable. I would like to submit to you, however, that the only thing that makes this way of eating that they suggest unsustainable, meaning that very low calorie ketogenic diet, the only thing that makes that unsustainable is the calorie restriction and then the increase in carbohydrates. A very well-known study by Ansel Keys in 1944 to 46, used a high carbohydrate, 1800 calorie a day diet that induced lean mass loss, meaning they lost muscle. It induced hunger, it induced fatigue, it induced depression in the conscientious objector participants that were in the study. Compare that to more recent studies in which participants are directed to keep their carbohydrates less than 50 grams a day and eat as much as they want. In other words, they were encouraged to eat until satiated without regard to how many calories they were consuming. The outcomes of these studies is weight loss without muscle loss and without hunger, without fatigue, and without depression. Those types of symptoms of hunger, fatigue, and depression and muscle loss are what make any diet unsustainable. So the authors do acknowledge that a very low carbohydrate ketogenic diet has limitations. Namely, it is associated with potential nutrient deficiencies, limited food choices, and a lack of long-term research. There are current studies that demonstrate that these limitations are not present in ketogenic diets that do not restrict calories. So what are the conclusions that the authors come to? The authors conclude that nutritional strategies such as a very low calorie ketogenic diet have shown potential for reducing inflammation, which is a significant contributor to the pathology present in lipedema. However, the evidence for the effectiveness and safety of this diet is limited and more research is needed. I really feel like this paper is important for individuals with lipedema because it adds to the growing evidence that lipedema can respond to particular diets, namely ketogenic diets. As low calorie diets have been tried and failed many individuals with lipedema over the last 50 years, I think there is plenty of evidence that calorie restriction doesn't work and is not sustainable.
Thank you so much for joining me today. If you haven't already subscribed to our daily flash briefings of tips, tools, and research about lipedema, you can subscribe at Apple, Spotify, Amazon Alexa, or at this website, lipedema-simplified.org slash flash, where you'll find an archive of all of our flash briefings. You can now also follow Living Well with Lipedema on Amazon Music and get new episodes and they become available. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us next time for another Research Update Flash Briefing. Music